Welcome to NGFE Radio, where the rubber leaves the dirt and hits the studio. All right, listeners, welcome back to another episode of NGFE Radio. This is officially episode number two. Yes, sir. Number two. Number two. And we got the original suspects, Lou and Danny here. What's you know, up? And myself, up? Jordan. Right here. And our special guest today is Pete Schumacher. Hello. Pete, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for hosting the show. In the sweet RV. Sweet RV. It's a nice setup. It's getting better every week, like I said last yep. week. Goes from a, a shitty van. <laughs> to whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. This is a big step up from a van. Yeah, yeah. It goes, wow. from, goes from the awesome van. Awesome van. Hey, but uh, I do tow a Ford F-150 from Ford of Orange. <laughs> Plug. Uh, I'm Love done. that I'm plug. Done. I'm done calling you guys out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, official announcement, we're going to be broadcasting our shows on SoundCloud. So, look us up on NGFE Radio, and give us a like and a follow, and that's where we're going to be posting all our official episodes. episodes. It seems to be the easiest uh, you know, catalyst for us to get our, our episodes out there, and so far, I mean, it's what we're most familiar with. So, it mm-hmm. might change in the future, but as for now, I think that's going to yep. be... Permanent. So, episode two, we're going to be talking about Shockwiz and BC Bike Race with Pete. Pete, what's up, man? Um, I can start with Shockwiz. Absolutely. So, Go for it, my brother. Um, I've learned a lot about it. I've had it for about a month now. I ordered two Shockwizes from the Path Bike Shop. So, I'm running one on my my uh, Pike 160. Okay. And one on my Mar- uh, Monarch Plus uh, 150 on a Hightower. Uh, plus bike. Oh, so you're overshocked and long forked on the high tower. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I tell you, uh, Pete's always all about the bling, man. Every time on. he he built a bike, Duro. it's Full all blinged. I mean, he had uh, that sweet co- uh, coming from a coming from a small uh, 110 mil suspension Yeti. Uh, oh, really? Just a basic Yeti, right? Run yeah. the mill Yeti. Yeah, just yeah. run the mill. You know, just a couple, couple grand. You know? Yeah, <laughs> fully Di2, blinged out. You know, it is what it is. Uh, going from that to this, I wanted a bigger bike just to play around with, and uh, I think I found a pretty rad combination where I'm at. Um, so I bought the Shockwiz mostly out of frustration with where I was at and my suspension settings. Uh, long shocking that bike out really screwed up where it was at, and I, it just rode terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to regular shock length? Co- like compared you... to regular shock length and everything, okay. the bike got way worse. And I was having a very hard time finding settings that I liked. And I was all over the page. And then I saw that Shockwiz was coming out. So I finally uh, uh, picked it up and got it on the bike. And, and immediately from my first rides noticed improvements. Um, that's interesting. I mean, that's, I mean, long shocking it too. I mean, it's, I'm sure you had some issues as far as setting up for like pedaling efficiency and whatnot. Because it kind of messes up the VPP, I would imagine, a little bit. I mean, I, I have no too. problems with mine. Yeah. Oh, so you're, you're long it, shock too. Okay, yeah. let's, let's it's the it. same length overall. It's still it's longer still stroke, longer same stroke. Um, yeah, so I guess, <laughs> so I guess you are. But eye to eye length is the same. <laughs> yep. But your sag is going to be slightly off of what they would recommend. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, it, so I yeah, I was definitely, I think, out of the specs. But if you go look online at where the uh, Santa Cruz uh, sponsored riders are at. Um, they're riding the high tower for for the uh, uh, EWS. EWS and stuff, and they 
you know, they have all the big stuff on it. You know, Fox 36. Was it Bry- Bryson got eighth um, at eight, uh, first round EWS. Yeah. yeah. Was, was I, can't, I, can't even, I can't even yeah. understand what he's saying. He's like, yeah. Even Greg Menard is riding. Uh, they have a spy shot of Greg Menard running a, a uh, high tower with a uh, dual crown fork on it. Wow. Um, so that bike's definitely, you know, you can go pretty big with it. So I felt. I felt comfortable when I knew I was off on the settings. I knew it was just, you know, me not being able to figure it out. So once I got the shockwaves and was able to get it going, um, it helped. So a little bit about it, um, it has some, like, presets for how you would do the suspension. And um, I finally called, uh, actually, Cork today and talked to them about it and got a lot of good information. I wish I'd have called them a little sooner. Um, But basically your main settings are you know, balanced, and then you have playful, and then you're going to have aggressive. So the way I kind of looked at it was like aggressive riding or playful riding or just balanced riding. Well, that's not what it means. Mm -hmm. Um, That totally threw me off and threw off my suspension settings. I put it on aggressive, and it jacked up the bike even worse than where I had it. Compression super high. Well, no, it, it actually had me at... I was like 40 pounds low on the air air pressure um, in my shock. In my shock, my fork was about 30 pounds too low. And aggressive for them means that you want to use as much of the the travel as possible mm-hmm. at all times. So aggressive movement is the way they explained it, which that's, is not what anyone thinks. That's right? a little ass backwards. Totally backwards. And yeah. I told the guy that I'm like, you well, know, from that Europe, is, dude. What do you expect? I'm yeah, I'm like, dude. <laughs> that's that's, know that's totally opposite of what where we should be with this. Well, and uh, I'm looking at the website right now. They added efficient to the list now. They have efficient. I'm sorry, playful. efficient's been on there. Has it? Yeah. I thought that, for sure they had three. At, yeah, at it was four. It was four. I'm sorry, okay. but really the efficient. That's all XE. Yeah, and and that would be for, yeah, XE or for maybe just your rear shock, but if, you know. Yeah. But but the guy was definitely, so once he explained all that to me, it it made more sense. So he he recommended for 99% of the riders out there, you're always going to be imbalanced. If you're specifically going down like a jump trail, then you could go with playful. But he said for everyone, you're going to want balanced. And so aggressive had me way off. It had me removing all my bands, all my pucks. And that way it blew through as much as... So I was on shoots the other day with it on aggressive. I, I bottomed out in my rear shock three times. And on on one of the times so bad I stopped. Oh, boy. Because I was like, man, I'm, I, I don't know if I broke my rim or my bike. Because yeah. it, it hit so hard because it had me at such a low pressure. Right. And, the, and he said, well, yeah, that makes sense. You had it on aggressive and we want you to blow through the suspension. I'm like... Like, yeah, but you think you'd want me to add bands because an aggressive rider is going to add bands to have it ramp up at the end. And he agreed, but that's just not how they have mm-hmm. set up the tuning for that's it. That's kind of funky. Okay. So um, he ran me back to balance. So today I went went back to Oaks and ran it at balance. And So I put it back to balance, put it to the – made all the air adjustments that it suggested, and the bike ran phenomenal today. Um absolutely amazing so i made those adjustments in the balance mode and uh, uh the bike has never felt better than what it is now but uh, initially like setting it up is it user friendly yeah it actually is so and what i did though is i, I set it up once initially at the path um just kind of on my own and then i i was actually uh, i noticed i got some weird 
it was telling me to do things that I didn't think was right. So I, I recalibrated it, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. a second time, and it was telling me to do stuff that made more sense. So I actually recalibrated it a third time so that I could compare the second and third times to make sure I was kind of... Yeah, you're checking your discrepancy. Yeah, and, and I was right on both times. And then they're able, Quark is able to tell you what the... Uh, compression ratio is supposed to be so you would calculate so they're able you tell them what shock and everything you have and they'll calculate it out so he said my adjustment came up with he's like yeah your compression ratio is perfect so you're because if your compression ratio is off it's going to throw off what it's expecting as in like it's your responsibility to have the right compression tune on your shock prior no as in so when you go through their setup there are de- it's definitely user error could totally screw up where okay. you're at. So having said that, that that was his first concern was, well, well, you may have screwed it up on setup. And once he confirmed my compression ratios, obviously I, I hadn't. So then we went to, yeah, it's the aggressive setting that's screwing things up. So okay. like, so, like setup, you know, you, you basically drop the PSI in the fork or the shock down to about five. And then you're, you're, you're cycling the, the compression so that it kind of sees what it's doing and it's recording all of that. And then there's moments where you completely compress it in for three seconds and hold it. You pull it out all the way and hold it. And you go back and forth of doing these things multiple times. And then that comes up with whatever your compression ratio is. Yeah, it knows your range as far as like your fluctuation. I mean, I'm surprised it's not and, more... And then you start air pressuring it up and where they have you start is at basically factory settings they tell you set your shock and set your fork at factory settings well i had no Mm. factory settings for the shock yeah because it's not the right shock for the bike so i kind of guessed that um and then the fork i just kind of you know i went with what's on the on the pike now now going with suspension is it easier to set it up using fox suspension or rock shock suspension i wish i had fox at this point i love my pike stuff i love the rock shock suspension and i especially liked it better when i wasn't tuning as much but Mm -hmm. now that with this i think i'm going to get way more into tuning my suspension i really wish i had something that i could change my low speed high speed because at this point it has me pretty much that my suspension is perfect as it can be but it wants me to change makes it wants me to make finite adjustments in high speed low speed um compression on both and rock shot doesn't have that just low speed yeah that's the The only low speed on the front you can't do anything on the rear yeah, so you're, a, you're stuck. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you've always been a Fox guy. That's why I was uh, surprised to see you with Rock Shocks on the bike that you have now. But, um, yeah, it's, you have all those different adjustments. So, I mean, ideally, yeah, like 36 or maybe like a DVO. DVO's got all the adjustments, too. That would be pretty fun to mess yeah. with that. And then have like a double barrel on the back or the yep. X2. And then you have... And it, th- that's the daunting part about all that suspension was always like, man, if you're not good at setting up suspension, you can just ruin a bike with that. You can have the nicest stuff, but if you have no idea what you're doing... Not to say that the shock was is going to be, you know, the the holy grail of your bike's going to be perfect, but at least it's going to give you some. Where I see shock was the best is going to be for a downhill racer to rep their line before they go and do it, and they'll be able to come up with a tune for that line. Um, or an enduro guy for each stage, yeah. and you're going to go to that stage, you're going to run that stage, and it's going to yeah. give you a setting for that stage because whether that stage is super aggressive rocky or whether it's a jump line or something like that but you can set it up for that for the average rider you can still use it 
but you just have to understand that you're only going to get a good medium like setting you're mm-hmm. not going to be great on any one thing because like when I went and rode Aliso you know I, I go from <laughs> little helicopter flying over is ruining the audio get to the chopper we're Come a little we're a little close to Santa Ana so you know it happens wow. <laughs> <laughs> hood life <laughs> So I, I think in that scenario, like I would, I ran like more of a flowy trail. Was it lizards? I, I ran lizards, okay, yeah. and then I go run TNA, which the new TNA, the top is flowy, but the bottom gets chunky still. And it wanted two totally different settings say, for both trails, yeah. completely different. Um, but that's where you're just going to have to understand the limitations of it and just pick a good middle ground for your general riding. And then when you go to race, go when you go you know check out a line set it up for those lines yeah i mean it's going to give you obviously the rebound and compression adjustment uh suggestions i mean you can start playing around with that i mean that's that's what you're going to end up finding people i guess you find that balanced position and if you mess with it enough you might become more comfortable slowing the rebound down maybe speeding it up or even compression and at that point i mean i think people aren't going to nerd out that much in enduro i don't think like to go stage by stage unless they're going for like a five or six stage like a big race i, mean, I can see like ews guys doing ews like yeah well sure and i bet those guys are already doing they're already doing right? that. so they're uh, already they're already doing that ahead of time actually they're, they're knowing whether it's a gnarly trail and they're doing you know all the numbers yeah on the bike when they first get a bike so they know every type of adjustment so i think it was curtis you know. keen last year uh I could be wrong with it. He was carrying shoes and flat pedals, depending on the stage. He actually had a pair of shoes and flat pedals on his, on his uh, backpack. Racing? In, during the race, because of the stage. Wow. Well, Sam, okay. Sam Hill just did it in flats. But I mean, he's just switching this back last, and forth. Like, last ra- yeah, but this last race was shocking. Yeah. Hill doing it in flats. Wow. But flats, that's his... aluminum bike. I think they said the, uh, three out of the top five bikes were aluminum frames. GTs, obviously, the two... Uh, I don't. I don't. Windmasters on GT. New, I, don't, I don't think that's Ed's a new on. Whistler Bike Park bike. I think. Is yeah, the, they're all GT. GT. Yeah. Mm. Giant oh. lost it. But oh, Giant had it. Giant had Giant it. Was it? Yeah. It was Kona, then Giant, and then uh, GT. Now it's GT. Which is surprising because it's kind of a goon-looking frame. If you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to Windmasters and no, Edmasters first and I'm second. I'm not saying it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, he he was he had a home court advantage, so we'll see how he does the rest hey. of the season. Which sec- second round is that this is weekend? True. Reg- that is true. Reg- Jer- and Jared, you can never count out Graves, man. That guy is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Regardless of home court advantage, it's it, a big factor. It's a big, yeah, it's a big factor, I think. I think that was huge. I, huge. I think that was dramatic factor. I think so, for sure. You still got to be able to. I mean, Wynn seems like a guy that doesn't train, and that guy's, that guy's training hard. Those yeah. guys had home court with the rain, too. Yeah, that, that totally blew up those courses, but when you know those courses, I I think... Uh, Wasn't... Um, uh, what's his name? Cole Pacitino, were you talking about? Well, he he raced. Was, he raced. He ended up like 126 or something like that. I was going to mention him. He actually... Uh, he had a crappy weekend, I guess. He snapped his rear rotor on one of the stages. Now, did it... I don't know how that even... Yeah, he runs uh, Shimano stuff, so I'm wondering if the rivets came off or something. Um, who knows? Whoa, we got a guest oh, here in our man. studio. <laughs> What's up, S.A.? Welcome, Chivo. Chivo, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Crashing the party. What's, What's up, Vato? What's up, fool? 
Yeah. Hey, what, what you got in your hand, man? A uh, forty? Is what is that? O O E or something? Some English? Old English? What what is that, man? It's, it's a glass piece. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? How's life? Uh, good. Podcasting. Really. Po- podcasting. Nice. What do you want? What do you got? <laughs> 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 Come here, sit down. <laughs> nah, I'm used to being on my knees. What? <laughs> 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 so, go, going back to the uh, Shockwiz, or uh, what are we talking about here? We got a little sidetracked. We got a little sidetracked. I was, uh, the last thing I talked about, I think, was just like different types of uh, suspension as far as like having the most adjustable for the uh-huh. Shockwiz. But, uh, oh, so go, sorry, going, going back to uh, EWS. So, Curtis Keen was was training in Australia, wasn't he, last year, or one of his, like, he does those video mm-hmm. uh, documentaries or something, he was, like, down there training with his partner in Australia or something like that, so, it's pretty cool, because this weekend, they're racing down there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah they went from, nice. like, super muddy race to, it's probably going to be hot and arid or dry or something down there, I'm assuming, I don't know. Yeah, it was pretty rainy in New Zealand, I'd be curious to see what happens, you know, in this next race, but... Yeah, the American boys that went over there, they were getting a little roughed up in the mud, I think. That was a bit much for them. And those guys, I mean, like, Windmasters, obviously, uh, again, home court advantage, but it's, uh, they're used to the, the sloppy stuff or not. But uh, How was work today, Chivo? Not too bad. Busy, but mellow. Any bad partners? No bad partners today. <laughs> no, no, no pictures on Facebook? Yeah, no, no Facebook everybody, was, everybody who came in today knows how to color within the lines. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Uh, That's good. Stay within the lines. Nice. Uh, got to work on a scooter. Uh, yeah, I was there when that happened. <laughs> it's like a pit pit stop right there, huh? Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Come in hot. Uh, scooter, engine, chains. All good stuff. <laughs> That's funny. So, Pete, what's up with the, your BC Bikers experience, man? We want to hear about it. Uh, there's a lot with that. Um, we done with the shock with us? I think. We can always go back to it. Yeah, all right. I mean, do you get you got some more questions, Jordan? What you, you... I oh yeah, I, I I kind of, not questions, but more of just you know. Okay. Kind of BSing about it. I mean. Like you want to borrow it or something? Like, hey Pete, let me borrow your shockwiz. Or... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like I don't have I don't have eight hundred dollars to run you know front and back. No, um, I was gonna if say. You still worked at the path. It wouldn't be eight hundred. Um, you need a soundboard. <laughs> Lou is the soundboard. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, at, least, at least he tries. He's <laughs> got that troll fur on his uh, on his mic, trying yeah, to. It's, a wind, it's uh, for the wind. It's Where did it come out of? Because it's windy in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> he just took a little yeah. bit from his beard. You can see on like on the right side, a little white. He made it in here. Man. <laughs> Cut off the tail of his dog. <laughs> rabbit ran over a rabbit yeah. when we were riding today. Oh, that worked perfectly. Right, rabbit tail. Roadkill on there. <laughs> No, um, to quote, I think it was, uh, Tawny was talking about it on, on his bike. Tawny, uh, has a tall boy and he was running, I think it was balanced on the back, playful in the front. Did you find that you were using two different settings for back and front? Uh, I haven't tried that yet. I'm, I'm just at, so I've gone from both aggressive or I went from both balanced to both aggressive back, back to, to both balanced. balanced. And right now I really like it. Um, I don't think I'll get real experimental until I go back up north again, because then I can really pick my trails a little bit better than here in SoCal, <laughs> and I can truly just take like a, a true jump line. Yeah, and like it's, that's where I'd rather try the playful is on a on yeah. like if I go to, when I go to Squamish, um, go hit Half Nelson and you know run it there. That's a total jump line. 
Do they have yeah. a full Nelson there? There is a full yeah. Nelson. Oh, it's right. above half Nelson. <laughs> and one guy. Guy. Oh, right on. What, um, what about if I want to set the Shockwiz like uh, party in the front and uh, and uh, or no, is it business in the business front and the party front. in the back? You you can do that. You can do that. Or unicorn in the front oh, and oh, party in the back. You can do that. No problem. You can do whatever you wish. Party in the front. So speaking of that, the shop no, no. has some for 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 rent. For rent, they have them yeah. for rent. Um, so you they can have rent them. Two, they have two available. They have two. If you're lucky enough to get both at the same time, I say go for it because um, it definitely helps. Twenty five bucks. Both. Yeah, twenty five bucks have, per. Have officially done this? Have you guys yeah. officially yeah. set it up? Yeah, okay. twenty five bucks per, and then it's twenty five bucks to set it up, and then any additional day, it's another five bucks. Per unit, yeah. That's yeah, actually unit, pretty cheap. It's not say. too bad because you could, if you knew yeah. you were gonna ride all weekend, you could. You could pick that thing up Friday night and have a pretty damn dialed bike by Sunday. I gotta lock my bikes up here, back. Okay. No, you are, you are in the hood, Chilo. Careful. Uh, yeah. You got. A, you need a shank. <laughs> he's he's already got one. <laughs> so I, I would say instead of spending the money like I did, if that if you have that ability, then I definitely would. If you can get both, even better. And I would spend that money. Um. It's it's definitely really it it went from from that high tower pissing me off. And not liking it, to, I, I love that bike even more than I ever did. And you've had a bunch of bikes. I mean, every year it seems like you got something new. Like every year I go through a couple bikes. No so I've, man. Gone, I've gone from the Stump Jumper, Stump Jumper Evo, to, and then this is just my full suspension bikes, but the Stump Jumper Evo, and then I went to that, that Intense Spider, mm-hmm. 29er, and then I went to the newer Nomad. Um, I had that. And then I went to that Yeti, the Super Yeti. Um, and then now I have the uh, this Hightower. And 27.5 plus, right? 27.5 plus, yeah. which I love. And I, I learned, I'll get into that at the BC, when we start talking about <laughs> BC bike races, to why I actually finally made the jump. Because I actually demoed this bike before, when I was first trying to find a bike for BC bike race, I demoed a plus bike and I freaking hated it hated it and then i tried i demoed the high tower i'm not a big fan of those things <laughs> and i no, hate i absolutely me. hated it and then i go do the bc bike race and i was like i get it now like it's not meant for southern california like that's not where it's meant for it's meant for up north yeah as far as i'm concerned yeah. and the guys that had it it helped them out a lot nice nice so before we get into the bc bike race i just want to uh, not a lot of people know about pete Wait, we're already in the BC bike race. We'll, we'll bring it back. Yeah. We'll edit it out or something. Uh, so Pete and I have known each other for a while. Thanks to Danny. Danny was out riding oaks, right, Danny? He's like, oh, check out this guy or something like that. How, how did it Look go? at this slow O'Neal. guy. O'Neal. Was, uh, <laughs> That's how it went. <laughs> I think it was a demo day at O'Neill. I saw uh, Pete baller bike. I was like, damn, this guy must be fast or something. <laughs> nope. That's what everyone says. They're like, man, must you must be, be you must be like a racer. And then they actually watch me ride and they're like, oh, bah, he's, bah, bah. he's just a poser. <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. So, so I, I rely on, hip, on Pete heavily on a lot of stuff. Any ideas that I, that kind of jump in my head? I'm like, hey, Pete, what do you think? And Is that most, why they all fail? most of the time you shoot him down man he's <laughs> like nah it's not gonna work man cut cut it but uh Pete's been you've helped me out a lot man you know I really appreciate your friendship and your and your guidance and uh especially designing what's that Chivo? I think I see a tear coming out somewhere <laughs> oh that's tattooed on bro oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I get it now the reaper dried your eyes I was in the pinta uh, <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, um, you've been very helpful, dude. And ever since we started uh, Relampago Racing years back, and you designed and helped Represent. create all the jerseys, man. You know, they've, they've come out great. And recently we switched over to, the, to running the path, and you've done all those. And, you know, that's to me that's huge, you know, and your support has been has been awesome. You know, I still I, think I our best it. jersey was the camo and orange. Camo and I, orange. I do think oh, that. I that, was acquired, the best, that was the best jersey. I acquired <laughs> a, a, a 2XL because of my bigger size now, just so I could keep using it. Uh, <laughs> I, I either that or no, no more Del Taco every day, man. Hey. Come back on the Del Taco. <laughs> too much self-investment. <laughs> <laughs> too much self-investment. Yeah. I'm going to die happy. Uh, but, you know, our, our latest project um, was the, the Chivo shirt. Yeah. You know, we, we got I, Chivo. I helped out a little bit with that, I think, in, uh, a in lot, basic dude. vision. No, I mean, but that Obviously, was, that I was wasn't part of the it, artist. Though. I wasn't the artist, but I had a, like, I had something. I, I kept telling Lou, I'm like, I got something in my head. I got it in my head. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put it on paper, but I finally talked to the artist guy. Yeah, Steve Restivo. And that, he did all, so he did one, thing. he did one, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, you did a good job, but that's not. So I kind of re-explained to him, and then the second one that he did was like, yeah. That's what I want. You know, he took he took time to like dry it out and everything. He's yeah. like, here, what do you guys think? You know? Yeah, no, he did a great yeah. he did a great job. So the reason we did were uh, we did these shirts was to create some fundage to get Chivo to the races and have him come out to the races and work on our bikes. Oh yeah, about for the that. California Enduro um, series, working on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, what's yeah. up, Chivo? Oh, yeah. Full time on Danny's bike. Yeah. Hey, no offense Always to any other mechanics, but he is the best mechanic at the shop. There's no doubt. <laughs> silence. Silence. Huh? What was called mo- dead air. A moment, a moment of silence for Ian, <laughs> Jared, and all those other guys. No, you know Jesus. what? The shop has great mechanics, they and do. Uh, oh, you yeah. know we're fortunate enough to have a great relationship with Chivo, and you know he's gonna come out and travel with us to all the CES races. So that's why we did the shirt, which is available at the Path Bike Shop for 25 bucks, and all that money goes to getting getting Chivo up to the races. So they're pretty cool. It's a dry fit shirt, and it's got a Chivo-looking... Sheep. Yeah, it looks like Chivo, goat. man. It's a goat. It's it looks a mountain like, goat. like actual Raul. He is a goat. On the, bu- yeah. on the front and I'm, the back of I'm the shirt. I'm on the, the shirt. front and the back. Yeah. yeah. So party in the front or business in the front, party in the back, right? That's Chivo? right, yeah. It's got, it's, got more, it's got a little more hair on top, but, you know, it's all good. Uh, so uh, how much selling out are we going to do this episode? How many more plugs you got? Wait till I get to the piece of bike race. Is this the Path Podcast? I'll let me check really quick. No, it's NGFU Radio. Dang. We don't have a dot com yet, but it's it's there. GFU <laughs> Radio. Oh, Check it out. Follow us on yeah, Instagram. Uh, do we do we have a Twitter account, Jordan, or what, man? Uh, Twitter. I'm not. I'm not on Twitter. No, no Twitter. No, right. I believe right. in Instagram. Facebook, For Instagram, it's the face. and SoundCloud. So, all right, let's get back to. Pete here. Sorry. Uh, about BC bike race. Sorry for that uh, commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start like way back and and so my first trip to Canada was about four years ago, and it when I was in Squamish, uh, we were out riding and we happened to be there the same day that BC bike race was rolling through Squamish, and I had no idea then. I I had only been riding for like a year, and we run across these pink flags everywhere. And I'm like, what the hell are these pink flags? And I'm looking at BC Bike Race. 
I have no idea what's going on. Finally talked to someone. They're like, this is like the biggest race in the world, man. They're like, you know, one of the... One is he still out of his mind or what? Probably. It, it, it's pretty normal up there. I, I like I like being up there. Hey, man. It, and they're... They're, uh, pink flags. they're like, yeah. So I, I take one of these pink flags and I bring it home. You know, because they were done for the day. So I pull one off a tree and I take it home with me. And I, I set it on my wall. You put it on it's your like bike a, and ride around the block with the... Yeah, like, look what I did. No, <laughs> but I had it on my wall like, hey, uh, you know, almost like a goal. But like, oh, cool, I saw this race. Why well, I, I had a, a friend kind of make fun of me like, you never raced that. Like, you know, you're kind of... Like, like you make, yeah, kind of being a poser. So I'm like, all right, he's right. So then, two years ago, I was in I was in Canada, and they have uh, the Test of Metal series in Squamish. So I did I did their Gear Jammer race, which is part of the Test of Metal series, which is all gone now. Those racings uh, ended last year. So I did this race, and I tapped out. First race ever, first ride ever that I've ever just middle of the race tapped out. It kicked it. my ass. It was a 30, 35 to 40 mile race. And it's like we think well, we know what here is enduro, and it's nothing compared to what's up there. So it's like they're like, oh yeah, it's an XC race. You'll be fine. And man, it was it was the hardest course I've ever been on in my life. And I tapped out. I No nutrition. Like I, I literally signed up for it the day before. The guy in the campground next to me, he's like, yeah, I'm doing this thing called the Gear Jammer. I'm like, I could do that. And dude, I roll I roll in with my nomad and just got got hammered and midway through I was like in tears almost and called my wife like you need to come pick me up. I'm done. She's like, What? <laughs> like bitch. Call the chopper. Like, I told totally, I bitched out and I but I was done. Like you know, I, I know my physical limits and, and like I was I was tapped out. Like I was for the day I'm pounding water, like pouring salt and sugar and water to just get everything I can. Like like I was I was screwed up for a couple of days on that trip after that ride, but it made me like, Okay, I need to redeem myself. How long was that? That race or that how race. long ago? That race was like a thirty five mile race and I tapped out at like mile sixteen, right at the bottom of half Nelson. Or no, I'm sorry, I didn't even get to half Nelson. I hadn't even gotten to it. I had taken another trail, and half Nelson was the next one. But should, should have got to full Nelson, huh? I yeah. wish. So I tapped out, and I was like, <laughs> I just felt ashamed of myself at that point. And I'm like, this is, this is embarrassing. And a lot of it was just no prep, like no prep. Like I went way too hard in the beginning. Had I slowed down a little bit, had I known more about nutrition, as far as during a race, I would have been fine, I think. But you don't know those things, and so it just. Well, what was the pedaling like? The climbing like? What what was what what took you out? Was it just punchy, steep? Or it's a combination. Or? That's the problem. It's a combination there, and then really a lot. It's hard to say, but it's like when they have like what's called a technical climb up there. It reminds me of like if I if I as if I would have to climb Shoots Ridgeline. Like they'll have a green up trail. It's like oh, it's a technical green up trail, and it would be like climbing Shoots Ridgeline. Or, or climbing stair steps. This is where the plus tires come in, you think? Uh, when going it's wet. The, going up the... Yeah, yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll, the, yeah, when I hit the, the actual BC bike race, you'll see why. And so, like, their terrain is just very... It, and it's it's not like a steep up and then steep down like what we have here. Straight up, straight down like what we have here. It's, yeah. it's Gradual grinder? It, it's gradual, but it just... And then when it's technical, you're stand up, like, trying to balance... Like, 
you know what I mean? Like trying to get your bike yeah. around obstacles. So that actually takes up way more energy than just if I could just flow up a up up a fire road like here. Yeah. No problem. I could fi- I could fire up fire roads all day. Well, I get into technical ups. We don't have that. Doesn't exist here. What about the Santa Ana's though? Not even close. Not even not even remotely. Hmm. Like these are single track uphill trails that are just kicking my ass. Yeah, that's where the gym work needs to come in, and not so yeah, much of just balance. riding the bike. I mean, it's like yep. core core work. You think? Oh yeah, upper body core, core everything. Yeah, it's 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 like yeah, yep. it's like tr- it's core. like trail riding almost. I guess where you're able to you know get the bike moving around. Yeah, you know, how about good, en- good engagements also helps. I, yeah. got, I got that on oh, my bikes. Oh, yeah, I got oh. that. It's yeah, come on. Excuse me. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's <laughs> on Envies, too. Come on. Yeah. Envies, Chris Ooh. Kings. Ooh. Yeah. Bala. Chris Kings are too heavy. I, I go with either DT Swiss or I 240s or 180s? <laughs> what did I have on that bike? 180s? 240s. Did I have 240s? That's not baller. I mean, yeah, we're not. Chibo knows your bike. That's not full baller. Do. It's like He does because I just tell him to build me what's the best. Hey, what's the best? Chibo, here, fix it. So I went through that race, felt ashamed, and so BC Bike Race sign-up is always the day after. So, like, it's the day after their race for the next year, and, they and like, this year's race sold out in four hours. So Crazy. it's about $2,500, and it sells out in four hours. Well, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty cheap. But you think about it, it's, well, no, it is. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, it is. Oh, it is for a whole week of racing. You think, about, for you think about seven days of full racing, fully supported, and and all your meals, covered. Good no meals. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Good no. meals, huh? Good meals. Phenomenal <laughs> meals. All dude, they, they were phenomenal. Powdered eggs. Nah, yeah, not bullshit <laughs> meals. They were phenomenal meals. Like, and that was their big thing. They every stop you went to cooked with like local grown, like local type oh. whatever their meals were. So you're on Vancouver Island, Sunshine Coast, you know, Van- Vancouver Whistler, like. You're eat, we were eating like kings. Like no. there was no like vegans because we don't like vegans around here apparently. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know I'm not a big fish guy, but we had one fish night. But I was so damn hungry. Hashtag no vegan. Oh, yeah. It didn't even matter. Hashtag so damn allergens too. Local allergens. Yeah. You know. Uh, so 2,500 bucks that gets you the race, the food. What do you yeah. do about uh, lodging? Would you? Would so you they cover it? your. Lo- you stay in tents. So you sleep okay. in a in a two man tent with your with your race partner. It's pretty rad. You can upgrade and you can stay in a hotel, but I wouldn't. The, no, the experience was being in the camp with all the with, there's 600 racers, Jeez. and the experience was being there with all of them, and it was a phenomenal day. And it's all kind of progressed, so you can hear about that. But um, so sign up. I talked to I talked to a guy at work who's been a long time rider. He's he's a, he is. Story doesn't end up well for him, but he actually is a, a great writer, 40 years old. Um, so he partnered up with me, and uh, so we do it. Um, in the meantime, I need to pick a bike. Um, as you guys know, I'm pretty anal with how my bikes are. No, on. you? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. So I pretty much uh, uh, I look up like what some of the winning bikes are, what some of the best guys are that, that have uh, – have ridden ridden the course and the yeti asrc was kind of the bike that kind of came up a lot like it seemed like that bike was built for that race um so i i started so i and i demoed a ton of bikes i demoed a lot of bikes and i I still stuck with that bike um so i started off on 
Um, he was getting pretty annoying with all the demoing. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Two in a day? Are you serious? We're going to start charging you double beat. Yeah. It, it was tough because I, I was so nervous about the race. I wanted the right bike. So in the end, Chivo helped me tremendously. I ended up with a Yeti ASRC. Um, we bumped the front fork up to a 130. The rear is 110. Full NV, of course. Full NV. XX1. Um, no, actually, it was oh, DI2. 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 So, I had, wow. so I was right when the DI2 was coming out. So I did... I did a two by up front, and then I did an XX1 cassette in the rear, which no one had done yet to give me the range. more range. Yeah. Um, because everything I had read about the BC bike race was it wasn't, you don't need that, that pedal, those pedaling gears. You don't need the 26 up front and the 42 rear for the, for, for just the day. You need it on day four when you're, when you're. Uh, you know, 120 miles into a 200 mile race yeah. because your legs are torched. You need mm-hmm. you need that gearing because your legs are done. Yeah. I remember when you came to the shop, you had some kind of issues trying to find the uh, the chain rings, right? Because it was a two by where the, yeah. they yep. didn't make it or you couldn't find it. I was or trying to go like that, right? as small as I could, and there were now 26 worked for me on the race. It worked great, and I'm glad I had it. But there were definitely starting at day four. I wish I had 24 up front. Like I was. <laughs> And then on the Vancouver day, that was that was a brutal day. Of, it was our shortest mileage day, but it had the steepest uh, sustained climb, and it kicked my ass. Like I didn't walk any of it, and I mm-hmm. did really good, but it was a it was rough, and I w- I was crying, man. I wish I had a twenty four. Like I was like good <laughs> grief, but so, so I, I I set this bike up. Um, Chio did an amazing job at like customizing it because that bike's not designed for DI2 at all. So mm. there was a little bit of drilling and a little bit of like Some modifying, modifying to make that bike work the way it should. And Mexi-mod, it worked out right? perfect. That's why he's the best mechanic. Is that <laughs> he thinks outside the box. He doesn't stay in with what they say. So and or I, did he think inside the steer tube? Was that is that the the remedy? Was the battery in the, the steer tube? The battery was in the steer tube with the Shimano go. Pro, the Tharsis stuff. Yeah. So that's how we. But then even inside, routing. but we routed inside the frame and then had to drill some areas for for some routing. In the carbon? Not in the carbon, just oh, yes, in uh, aluminum. Okay. In the adapters. In the adapters. Oh, okay. So we okay. made it all work. Um, did some shrink wrap. And to that was kind of finish off the conversation <laughs> on the bike, um, I went with. Lou might hate this. I went with Shalby tires. That's kind of my tried and true tire. Um, but I basically filled up my tire on day one and never touched it again all through the entire race. And I was one of the few in the entire race that, that didn't have flats. Like there was one day where we're coming down a downhill that was super sharp, rocky. And there was probably 40 or 50 guys on the side of the trail with flats. I remember you telling me that. It was crazy. And like I had never seen anything like that in my life. Like these guys are, and I, as soon as I go down, I figured I would too. But it, it almost reminded me, and it was one short section. You know, you come out of this crazy wooded forest and you go down this one section. And it reminded <laughs> me of Bootleg Canyon. Mm, that's true. Like where the hell did this come from? <laughs> yeah. And these guys are laid out everywhere with <laughs> with tires just shredded, multiple, you know, both front and rear wheels, you know, flat. And I I blew through that, and. Uh, I went through the entire race without a single mechanical, and I this race was all seven days were in pouring rain, absolute pouring rain. It was the wettest BC bike race they've ever had. They said um, my cassette and my gearing was completely caked in mud at times, and 
talking with Shimano and talking with the on-scene bike mechanics, they fully attributed my ability to keep shifting and, and being as efficient as it was to, to the DI2. Was that that mechanic that motor was able to push through all that gunk and stuff like that? Whereas there were plenty of guys with Eagle and XX1 and all kinds of stuff that were having tons of problems because they couldn't push through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was clogging up into the uh, it, yeah, and it was and stuff. thick, you know, because okay. it's all you're in a forest, so it's not just mud, but it's all it's like it's loam and branch, like little branches and just all gunked up in there. Oh, and the the bike. I never had a single shifting issue. Like it was, fun. it was insane how awesome. Thanks, Chulo. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was rad. So as far as the bike goes, now, for me personally, the bike was ready. The bike was ready. <laughs> for me personally, on the downhill portion, that bike wasn't enough. I screwed up. The problem was, is I picked a bike that pros kicked ass with. Yeah. I should have picked a bike that was in my wheelhouse for my abilities downhill i should have had a one i should have had a bike with a one at least 140 up front and at least 130 in the rear yeah i'm looking at geometry wise it's 69.1 for a large with a 124 so 130 you're at 68 and a half basically yeah that's pretty i mean that's slack for an xc bike for sure which for the pros there but we were oh yeah so like for example when we went to the vancouver day i said it was the most steep up but that day on the down, that day, like for example, Brian Lopes, he had a coil shock on his bike that day, and a and the big whatever the biggest X Fusion front fork was, like that day downhill, we went on a do- our downhill was double black diamond, and for up there, a double black diamond is double black diamond. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing here in existence in Southern California that's anything like theirs, and there was so I was walking a lot of it. Like there was, yeah. it's like when I looked up in advance, like oh, this is the trail we're gonna go on. Every video is of a dual crown bike. Yeah. I'm like, this is where they're gonna send us. Like, no, there's got There has to be like an offshoot trail. Around, yeah. No, no, we get on it, and that's the trail. It's a full double black diamond, and I'm just, it's way out of my wheelhouse. You know, all the guys I pass on the uphill are now completely blown by me on the downhill, and and that was kind of the story of my life through the whole race. Was I. With my training, I I was blown by guys constantly on the uphills. I did really good on the uphill. So what'd you do for training? Yeah. So. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> Hijacking your questions. Or no. So for training, I started in November don't look, don't look the year before. Um, in November, at first, I'm like, you know, I read some articles and I was just gonna wing it for the training, and. Uh, Can't wing um, it on the training for that thing. Well, I learned that quick, so I started. I, I got a. Uh, uh, Santa Cruz Stigmata again thanks to Chivo for building that bike for me too <laughs> thanks Chivo uh, thank you for showing up too you're getting all these uh, another, getting all another, the praise today another <laughs> rad DI2 bike so that was where I started with DI2 because I wanted to see how well it worked so I went out and I did a 55 mile ride and I completely bonked hard like I felt like the way I did on that race like I totally screwed up and at that moment I realized like okay I gotta get a coach so I, I went through uh, trainingpeaks.com Got a coach. Uh, her name's Linda Windfalls. Another and, plug. And yeah, that's, she that's she set up a cool. training plan from December first that led all the way up to the day of the start of the BC bike race. Like every day for that entire time from December one all the way through then was completely controlled by her and everything I did. So basically, the way she does her program, she does them in four week sets and. Day on Mon- every Monday is basically a day off. Monday is a free day. You you do not ride. That is a full recovery day. And then 
within those four week sets, she has you focus on something, whether it's uphill climbs with intervals, whether it's on the flats to get your speed on flats, um, or just long days in the saddle. You know, towards the end of the of my training, I had bumped all the way up to doing almost 200 miles a week. Um, and but she based everything off of hours. She ne- nothing was ever based off. Hey, you need to do this many miles. No, you need to do this many hours. Especially in the mountain too. And well, I did very little mountain riding up to the race. It was all, most of it was on my stigmata, getting miles in, getting base miles. And this is where I learned that base miles are so critical. Was she had me, which is totally opposite. I thought you just go out and ride and ride hard every day and you get better. Well, no, she had me ride, especially for like the first two three months. I'm riding at like. I never went above like 150 heart rate, like low heart rate, but for five hours, super low heart rate, like to, to just get that, you know, that, that strong base in. And then she started building me up. And then even then, you know, she'd have me, okay, you need to do a, you know, there were tough days where she had me doing three 20 minute sustained climbs at hundred percent. I don't know if you've ever done a sustained climb at 100%, minutes. but you're, you're throwing up. Like, I was throwing up, and I was doing those at Black Star. Like, yeah. it, was, it was miserable, absolutely miserable. Um, my other intervals were done at Chapman. So I'd start at the base at the gas station, and I'd go up the hill to the top because um, she wanted me to do a four-minute. Because she would say, okay, you need to do a four-minute climb at 100% at this grade. So that so is she with you with uh, during all this? No, she's not riding with me. She she lives in like Arizona or whatever. But so, so she would tell it's you on like, the hey, internet. Hey, you need to pick this ride, and then you you I just no, dude. I'm just <laughs> yeah, you just tell them. I'm just give saying. them updates. Apparently, I'm supposed to know all this. That's why and we you can watch it all online. You can she can watch it through Training Peaks, and I would keep in contact with her. So like so like Chapman was great, and I would have to do eight. 100% intervals, four, four minute long 100% intervals of Chapman. And it would, it would freaking break me out at, during a ride. So it wasn't like I just go do that. I would ride there from here, from my house, go do those, and then have to ride back. So it ends up being about a 26 mile ride, but those intervals are just breaking you off. So that's, that's why I'm asking, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm asking. So, I mean, since you're paying for the program, obviously that, that's enough. You, you would hope that's enough to keep you accountable for what you're training for. But, I mean, to do 20-minute intervals on Black Star, the mental anguish, the mental, you know, bit that you got to get over is, is definitely hard, you know. I mean, that's – it's uh, – I mean, to be throwing up and then be like, okay, I got to do another one. You know, it's like uh, – that's uh, that's why I'm saying. If she was next to you, that would make sense. For me, doing three – I mean, that would be hard to keep going through. I mean, again, you it, have you It have was a, a lot of I, – I at that point, I had what? over $10,000 into the race between a bike and my entry fees. Yeah. Travel. Travel, and then I won't mention it, but I had some other uh, uh, motivation that that had was was in the back of my mind. It was other racers. Uh. Uh-huh. That was definitely <laughs> like, like okay. I got to do good. Oh, uh-huh. okay, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, all right. I got you. I had motivation, and, and it wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't my sole motivation, but it was, like I had a stack of motivation that I grabbed from at every point. Like I would, I'd get to a point where I'm throwing up on a ride, and it's like, okay, man up. Like this is what you signed up for, or or this is who's coming for you, or, or you, you know, you better not disappoint people. Like 
it, it was... Don't let me down, Pete. Yeah, I would hear Lou, don't let me down. Because there were times where I'm like, man, I just don't know if I could do this. Like, I, I was... It was tough, and I was broke off every day. So I had to increase my resting. Like, luckily, my wife was kick-ass and, and gave me the time to rest because I was just sitting on How my... do you recover for that? How do you recover for this? So once I got into the harder part, which was about Tequila. eight weeks out, eight to 12 weeks out, uh, I was having a tough time reco- uh, recovering. I wasn't able to. So I started doing a routine of ice baths, um, vitamin B, tons of vitamin B, um, which seemed to help, especially from, getting me, from me getting sick. And then I started wearing compression tights all the time. So if I wasn't riding, I was wearing compression tights on my legs and then on my feet. Are they like yoga pants or what? They were. They're way tighter. <laughs> they're way. Imagine like oh, you take them like, off and then you have like your whole. Yeah, you leg can see all of Pete. And oh. Yeah, you see all of me. <laughs> all In my of glory. <laughs> yeah, not much. So, it was uh, it like I I definitely had to come up with a routine because I was breaking myself up and I wasn't able to. But once I kind of came up with a new routine, um, I was good. Nutrition is huge. It's no different than like the marathon guys. I tried to read a lot about how the marathon guys do nutrition. And then once it came to the race, like it worked, but then it all got thrown out the window because I was, you, as you guys know, when you're at a race, you go faster than you ever did before. Mm-hmm. And so I had the same thing. So like I never, so I, I was always using Perpetuum. So I went out here and I did six, I did six hour rides at Aliso. I have no problem. Like, and I would just, I would live off perpetuum and, and stuff in the hammer nutrition stuff. Well, I went out there at the race and I was eating cause they had aid stations. They had two aid stations every day. Um, and I was eating a, a full peanut butter and jelly sandwich at every aid station, banana. And then I probably went through two or three of those shop blocks container. So uh, nutrition works shorter. Like hmm. it was crazy how the new, like, I, I had to keep up, um, and then I'd go to have dinner, and I'd want two dinners. Like, I couldn't get enough calories in. Mm, there was yeah. no way. And I was, before the race, I was eating more than I ever have in my life because I was just burning so many calories. You know, you go on a six-hour a six mountain bike ride, and you burn a ton of calories. And yeah. you I, I've never done one of those, so I don't know. What is that? <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. Like, I, I, would go do, I would go do the El Moro side and the Laguna side. And, and I remember... Yeah. The work, I had a really hot day. It was uh, in June. I started on the on the uh, El Moro side. I rode all the legal trails. I yes, all the legal. I rode a ton of stuff, and then I I had the brilliant idea to go climb. What's the drive up to go to do? uh, What the steep. Oh, to do shuttles? Yeah, to do shuttles. What's that? Laguna Canyon. That's not yeah. Top of the world. Top of the world. Yeah, basically that steep climb up is what I, I pedaled up that, got to the Laguna side, and and basically rode everything on the Laguna side as well. Yeah. I mean, I had to get six hours in. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. You know, I went up Mathis, I went up Choya twice, went up to Five Oaks. That was after doing everything in El Moro, and it just, they were miserable. And I couldn't, The I her big thing was she didn't want me to stop. She wouldn't allow me to stop on my rides. Unless you planned it like as if there were aid stations. So I would kind of look at what my ride may be. And at most, I would give myself two stops. So it was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> man, we're, we're in a rough neighborhood here, man. Yeah, yeah. Up top. 
shine the light down. So that was that was another big one. Like usually you'll ride and then you'll kind of stop. Well, that was her thing. Is like she's like, no, you can't stop. You have to keep going. Like there is no stopping. And especially on like the road rides, I do my kind of my staple road ride would be from my house all the way up to Irvine Park, uh, down the Cedar Mountain Trail. Um, I'd loop Newport Back Bay and then come all the way back, and it's about 60 miles. Um, and luckily, so I'd say the biggest thing that helped me also for the BC bike race was our El Nino year. So we were in a full-blown El Nino year, and I had no choice but to ride pouring down rain. Like, days were, during my ride, there's two inches of rain, and it didn't matter. So I learned real fast that wearing any rain gear is stupid and worthless when it's raining and you're going to ride for that many hours. If you're going to ride for an hour, you're I gonna get wet it. regardless. You're going to either you're sweating and then you're going to probably overheat or you're going to get hit by rain. Well, I'd rather just get hit by rain. So when I got to the BC bike race, it ended up being their wettest one ever. And you could tell the guys that weren't used to the rain because the first day they're all, they are so bundled up. And by day four, those guys aren't wearing anything. And I was already <laughs> ready for that. All I'm wearing is, is uh, my kit. Mm-hmm. Just a basic kit, but I did wear shorts because I needed pocket room because they require you to carry so much stuff. So yeah. I, I wore I wore shorts, um, but like I was just out in the pouring rain every day, um, and we just got hammered with rain day in and day out. It was miserable. Well, um, Pete's the one that kind of turned me on to doing the hill repeats for the shop. You know, like, hey, you were doing it. I'm like, hey, Pete, what do you think about this? And once again, going back to Pete and helping me out with ideas and stuff like that. So I'd have to look into that training routine. I, mean, I we were just talking about it. Uh, was it last week? I think I was talking about more about like having organization in my life as far as ride schedule, gym schedule, school, work, everything. Uh, girlfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just being able to train and and to fit everything else in, you have to have a pretty hard line schedule. And I mean, yeah, there is some sacrifice of like you have to go out and ride when you want to do other stuff too. But um, her schedule wasn't only riding. So especially in the beginning... Were you doing any gym work? Oh, yeah. So in the beginning, there was a ton of yoga. And throughout yoga, the whole thing, okay. there's yoga, which I think actually, as dorky as it was and as much as I got made fun of at the fire station... Yoga is I think great, that was dude, actually like. one of the best things I did. <laughs> um, and then there was gym work as well that she had me doing. Okay. Uh, now, the gym work almost completely went away towards the end, and it was just all yoga. But... Um, the routine that she she gives you a complete like here you go you do this and and you basically tell her what date and for what type of race you want to do and she works back and sets you up if you're doing enduros and she sets you up that way you know it just depends yeah she said she set you up basically for just a straight endurance ride i mean i guess she, the, the, for the, a stage the te- race the it technical. was for a 7 day stage race so that's why like like hers that was a specifically like because she had done the BC bike race. So she set okay, me up for okay. a seven-day stage race. And so by the end, like, that's how my rides were. They were set up, like, stage days. And it was it was miserable. Uh, you mentioned something earlier um, <clears throat> that if you had a longer travel bike, you could do a lot of the downhillers, downhill sections. Do them or do them com- confidently. Yeah. Do you think that maybe because you didn't have more travel around the bike or a more aggressive bike, that could have also potentially saved you from having an injury? Oh, yeah. So the, one of the issues there is if you have any type of head injury, you're damn near out. They have a, they're really concerned about uh, concussions, and there are numerous guys that... So basically, if you go down and crack your helmet, 
you're probably done for the race. You lose, you're done. You lose your entry fee, and you're out. So that was another big factor for me. Is I would see stuff, and I'm like, I can do that, but if I crash, and I hit my head, I'm done. I just lost everything. So I was definitely riding on the downhills, um, cautiously, very so, cautious, extremely smart. cautious, because I was so worried about. It. And I went down one. Actually, I went down twice pretty hard. Once I went off a bridge, slid right off a bridge. I remember you telling me that. Is it like <laughs> yeah. a black ice bridge. No, it was just a regular wood bridge, but it's pouring rain, it's and you're going slip. from dirt to to wood to dirt. And I came in hot, and boop, right off, it's about a two three foot drop into the muddy water, and I got out and kept. Ri- you know, luckily it was just I just stuck into the water, like it was, you know, not too bad. But there there are bridges that are over waterfalls that are narrows that if you fall you're dead and i remember one of them <laughs> literally no you're deal. dead no there's deal. no no there's, race entry back yeah there's no going no back and, and one of them whatever the racer i don't know <laughs> I, i'm coming down and i see the bridge and i'm like okay i'm gonna walk this right away I, I see it ahead and i'm like i'm gonna walk huge hydraulic huge waterfall okay i'm gonna walk this i, I come down and all of a sudden i see brett tippy a camera and he's got a microphone and he's running across the bridge like <laughs> asking every racer across the bridge questions not and not enough to no not, not enough to go next to you he's in front of you like backpedaling cuz there's not enough room to oh go side God. by side and I'm like I can't bitch out there's a pink bike camera on me like I have no <laughs> choice so I am like my heart rate probably went from like 190, which is already over max, to like 250, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, what am I? Do? I'm an idiot, but okay, here we go. And I start pedaling, and Brett Tippy in a, in a giant afro runs up to me. Hey man, how, how's the race going? How's you know he's super loud guy, oh, yeah. and he's how's the race going? And and I'm like, uh, uh, it's 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 great, yeah yeah it's great. Just, I'm, just, trying not to die right now. I'm just trying not to die. It, that's it, and. And those bridges, because they have so much water up there, there's bridges everywhere. Now, most of them aren't that big of a deal, but there are definitely, that's something like if I do the BC bike race again, I I need to build some like wood features in my backyard to sit there and play around with on. Cause that, we don't have any of that. You down. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't, we don't have any of that here in Southern California. Rocky we right don't have around. wood features. <laughs> no. And when I'm talking wood features, like most of their planks over stuff is like a foot wide. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's it. You get a foot wide, and you're you know there were there's there was one trail, and it's got to be I don't know a quarter of a mile long of planks over like a marsh. Yeah. And it's like a foot wide to maybe two feet wide in sections. Like it's cool. I, I'm not used to that. That's not that's nothing. Yeah, with turns. Like you're. <laughs> yeah. You gotta look. You, know, you gotta know where your back tire is at all the time. Oh yeah. yeah. It's miserable. So I've. There were a lot of sections that I had to walk like that because I'm like, this is just not in my way. I don't have that. I don't, I've never ridden stuff like this, really. So I didn't have a, a choice. So, so it's, it's, it sounded like you're not having a great time at this race, Pete. I did. Everything's miserable. I think I told Lou. The training's miserable. Yeah. The wood's miserable. The rain's miserable. But I already miss it. Like I, When oh, I first I got back, I said, like I'll never do that again. And well, you actually sold your bike, right? I sold my bike, <laughs> which I do I'm anyways. Done. I do anyways. Um, Throw it in the gutter and go buy another. I'm, uh, I'm trying to talk another guy right now into doing it, so we'll see what he says. Um but I really want to do it again. I, th- I think if I go back out, um, I'd be better, obviously better. Prepared. 
prepared for it. Um, it was a phenomenal experience. Like the riding, because I'll never be able to, I mean, I can, I can go to Vancouver Island, but with the ferry costs and stuff like that, like it's just, and then going to Sunshine Coast, like Sunshine, so the only way to get to the two cities on Sunshine Coast is by a ferry. Yeah, I've they're seen that. they're part of the mainland, but they're blocked by mountains. There yeah. is no way. And what was awesome on one day is I'm out, and I think it was our longest day. It was about a 45, 40, 46 mile ride that day was our longest day, and in the middle of a forest, and there's no roads, just in the middle of a forest is a full blown tiki bar. Full blown. These people hiked out and built a complete tiki bar had a had like a hawaiian band guys out there and were serving drinks like jello shots and stuff and in the middle of the middle of a raining forest i'd have a hard time not stopping it was it was crazy and then there red bull red bulls out there in full force so every day the red bull girls and they had their big red bull off-road trucks yeah i never did but they're handing out Red Bulls in the middle of the race. My heart rate's already pounding them, huh? Oh, guys are were hammering them down. I'm like, <laughs> how are you doing that? My heart rate's already bumping. Like, <laughs> the last thing. There is yeah. no way, but heavily supported race. Shimano's out there, so actually they had, I think it was five Shimano engineers, and they used well, they, that they rate. All that. So that's where. So like this year or the last year when I was there, that's where they first had their field tests for the the di2 xt stuff so all the top pro guys like paxton all those guys they were all on the xt di2 yeah i had the which would was at that point the older xtr di2 their stuff was better um but they had the actual japanese engineers there didn't speak a word of english they had translators there and they were on the course at the aid stations like taking in data trying to figure out like everything about their stuff it was crazy like, Shimano was out there in full force. Yeah, it shows the dedication for sure. Yeah. So, how much did you pay for the training? Not I much. I, I don't know if you it got was, into it or not. It was probably a, about 300 bucks. So, and I did it where... 300 bucks for the whole thing? Yeah, so I, I did it in a way wow. where she just responded to, like, met emails. And so, they, there's varying... You can go all the way up to where it's, like, $300 a month. I was going to say, 300 bucks, um, it seems pretty cheap. It depends on you as a person. Like, I knew I'd be able to... If she told me to do something, I knew I would do it. Yeah. If you don't have that ability, then you're going to pay more because they're going to be on you. <laughs> well, it goes back <laughs> to what I was saying. If she was with you, you mean, to keep yourself accountable on those tough rides. And they have that. There's plenty of local people here in SoCal that I, I looked into a ton of people, and I finally landed. It came down to what I was willing to mentally deal with. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to handle it. Nothing wrong with 300 and bucks. I mean, 300 bucks for what, about eight months of training? Yeah. And that's, and that's it, really good. It I mean, put that's, me in better that's shape. dedication than, right there to do something like that and be focused. It's dedication, but to even get that kind of blueprint of training advice for 300 bucks is a steal. I mean, I, I've seen these coaches before, and, yeah, it's it's basically 300 I mean, 300 bucks a month is even cheap for a coach, for, like, a legitimate coach. Mm-hmm. The ones that you actually do see online, it's different, obviously. Right. But, like, the, an in-person coach, I mean, it's 60 bucks a session maybe. Or, you know, if you're doing three sessions a week with this guy, and mm-hmm. then I'll tell you to do the stuff in between – you know, you're looking at a hundred bucks a week, maybe. You know, it's maybe like, more. like a skills clinic, right? It's, you know, trying to get better at. Well, with a trainer, it's everything. So it depends, like technical with his, or whatever, right? With his setup, which I'm surprised she didn't have you do more like technical training as far as like downhill training. So they they can't. You can, and she has stuff where you. Work but she has nothing. In. She can't really tell you what to do. Yeah. It's more so I just, had done training through BetterRide.net prior okay. to this. 
Okay. Um, I did a three day one of their three day clinics prior to that, which I actually, can remember you doing that, which helped me out. But nothing was gonna nothing was gonna prepare me for the pouring rain of Squamish, which gets me into the yeah. fat tires. So when I get when I was there, it. Well, you don't want to go over an hour, Danny. Is that is that weird? We can go over, man. Over. Producer Danny we're, says... We're, uh, just, we're just having sorry, a good time. Cut, 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 no. cut it. You need to cut it. <laughs> so, Let's keep it going. I, I got into the... I, I'm sitting there, and, and everyone's struggling because there's a lot of rock slit, what they call it. You know, it's a slick rock and stuff like that, or just... Roots. And or just the roots. So you get bare roots, and you're going... I One of my bad... The other bad crash was on roots. Yeah. And over the bars, super bad, and I'm... I, it happened so fast that I didn't even know. Like, oh yeah, they're so slick. And it's, it's not like one or two roots. It's they're roots on roots. Like it's the entire trail is roots over yeah. roots. Like there's no there's no dirt. You're actually not even riding on dirt. So you're sliding all over the place off camber. I had you know how do I prepare for that? Lots I, of rear brake. There's no like. <laughs> there there is no preparing take for the that wheel. here. <laughs> so the guys that I saw doing the best were the guys with with the plus size tires and there was one guy I kept remembering he was on a full blown fat bike and man when that when it came to climbing because he wasn't sliding around he was able to get all his traction when it came to downhill those guys were killing it yeah um on the Whistler day there was a huge rock that we had to roll and it had to have been at least a hundred foot roll um and everyone I, I stopped and I'm like and everyone else is walking around this thing um the only guys I saw hitting it were either guys that were probably pros or guys that had plus-size tires. Like, that was it because they were able to pull the traction. Um, and it wasn't, like, just a like a simple roll. Like, it was straight down, like, Mossy. here's a 100-foot. Well, it's you have one nice track to go down. Yeah, I think I've you, seen You go outside yeah. of that track even a little bit, and, yeah, it's full moss, and you're screwed. But <laughs> it's I saw it, and I'm like, there's no – I just laughed. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no way. Um, on the Squamish day, you, like, did a double rock roll into a 180-degree wood wood turn where they put the, you know, the wood – Banked. Banked wood, and then down more rocks. And I just looked at it again, I'm like – you kidding me right now? Like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I there's just no way I could keep oh, my traction. Bike. I'm running on uh, what, what were my tires? What Two point ones. One point nine and one point seven. Yeah. Some yeah, tires. You got a one point nine on the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I, yeah. I mean, it's Pizza summertime. I thought I'd be cool. <laughs> well, then it's pouring rain and I'm screwed. It was built for speed. You need high yeah. volume at that point. Very yeah. Solid. Very much speed. So if I had to do the race over, I would actually just run my current high tower, oh, yeah. but I would drop it down <laughs> to a 140, 135 bike, and I would run it with a 2.8 front and a 2.6 rear yeah. with an eagle. I would actually run it with an eagle to try and help drop some weight because it is a heavier bike. The DI2 is a little heavy, but I was able to make up with that penalty with that type, you know, with that light of a bike anyways. With this bike, I would run the eagle, but I would do it with a, uh, a 28 front ring. A twenty-eight front oval ring, oval ring. Oval. Yeah, mm. that would be the why, only why way. Oval? Full enduro. That's that's why. Oh, is you that know, right? Full I, I finally <laughs> switched wow. to the oval, and I'm a believer. My knees, oh, my yeah. knees are thanking me. It feels, okay. it feels good. Yeah, it feels really good. It feels what? smooth. You don't what? even have an oval ring. Dude. Yeah, I ride this bike right here in the front. Yeah. Oh, that does a lot. Right. Parking lot test. <laughs> Steven, will you? Oh, Steven. Yeah, Steven says that's legit right there. Legitness. Biopace from back in the day. They had completely. Just gonna leave that there. That is completely off. How long have you been around, Chibo? Too long. Around. A while. Yeah, a while. It's a whole different <laughs> podcast, right? 
<laughs> yeah, we're definitely gonna bring Chivo on to the show. Have his own Some segment. We should do a, a roast. <laughs> that was vetoed quick. <laughs> um, so you're going eagle. Why not di two? Like I think reliability means more than weight in this situation. I mean, I I agree, but I think for that bike, I I, I would risk the rain thing again. I would because most of their years are dry at that. I mean, you you it is normal. I go up there all the time. I go up there for about a month out of out of every year, and it is normal. Every week you get you get a rain that runs through. And yeah. I'd be, I think I'd be fine if I had that. Yeah. If it was pouring rain, then I would just have to risk it. Um, that was an abnormal year for them to have seven straight days of just... And it wasn't just a little rain. It was absolutely pouring. It's crazy. We were on Sunshine Coast, and we came in so on a ferry, no. pull off, <laughs> grab your bike, and race. And we're standing there at the starting line on the ocean, and it is... I mean, it was it, it, some of the hardest rain ever. Yeah. Like absolutely just dumping on us, and I finally just start laughing to myself. It's like, a hard, like it's a Bob Dylan song, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hard rain. It was gonna fall. It's gonna it was about rain. as bad as Lucy. Gonna make this a normal thing. Let him yeah. sing with his song. Right? Yeah, let me sing, man. Let me be. No, no. What? Singer, let him sing. Who? Who a guy? Not, not you. He's talking about Bob Dylan. I know. Let Bob Dylan. But I got real comfortable riding in the rain. I have no issues with that anymore. Like, I'll ride in the rain anytime now. Like, it's not that big of a deal now that I've done it. Like, before I was, it'd be, it would rain here and I wouldn't. Now, if it rains here and I want to ride, I just go on a road ride and ride in the rain. I don't care. I mean, it if it gets no all difference. tore up, you just give it a chew and have him fix it, right? It's his problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the trails get all tore up, we, uh, we kill you. So. I, don't, yeah. I don't ride on the mountain here. I don't do that. Pete knows better. Yeah. I know yeah. he does. He does. Hey, Chivo, uh, fix my bike. Yeah. I hear that a lot. I was just riding along. JRA. Yeah. JRA and, uh, you know, swing arm cracked and uh, yeah. broke my face. Did and, a parking uh, lot test. Yeah. Steven told me to jump off this curb and I broke my face. <laughs> I don't break nearly as many frames as these guys do. That what? is true. When? Is yeah, true. Danny. I don't think I've, Peter's I've broken, ever broken one. One triangle. <laughs> just one. Three carbon wheels in one day. Oh, <clears throat> that's, another pod- that's another podcast. That's a, that's a, we got a lot <laughs> of podcasts lined up <laughs> on the trail. <laughs> a couple podcasts ago, on the rim, just riding it, and I'm like, "What happened?" They're like, ah, it doesn't matter anymore anyway. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it doesn't toast matter. Can, can you fix it? <laughs> can you chew it for me? Yeah. <laughs> that's some duct tape. Right. All right, guys, you want to wrap it up? What are you, th- what are you thinking? Anything else you want to talk about? I I could talk more about BC right. There's tons to talk about. Maybe a part two. Sure. I'll I'll tell you real quick. My favorite time. We got back. It was day three. We were on the ocean. Yeah. Um. I think day three. I think that was Sunshine Coast. We're sitting there on the ocean, and uh, we just get done racing, and I am beat to hell. It's pouring rain, and I'm sitting there looking at the ocean. I'm like, screw this, and I freaking. I was the only one out there. I go jump in the water. It's freezing ass cold. <laughs> but it felt, because so, your body is so torqued, it felt so bath. good. It felt like an ice bath. It felt so good. I was out there for about 20 minutes, and people were like <laughs> taking pictures of me. Like, what is this idiot doing? I'm like, don't Reminds worry. Reminds me of, uh, I'm an American. Like, crazy guys uh, from SoCal. Forrest Gump or something. You know, I, don't like, like, I don't even like riding, you know. <laughs> I don't even ride by like the beach. Running. So for me, just to go in the ocean means something's wrong, and and it was like it felt so good oh, to jump in the water. I, it was the, 
you get to the point where your body's so tired, it was like the little things that made me feel so good during that. You're on a high all week, days. basically. Like you're basically like what they call runner's high. You're on that high the whole week, and yeah. you just it was kind of craziness. It. <laughs> so, That's cool. so you're gonna make your announcement that you're gonna race it again, or what, man? I I I will race it again if you're I gonna make it uh, official. If I could get if the if the guy I'd like to race with me if he'll race with me I I'm in. So hey guy out right, there. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine. Commit. <laughs> get out of here, Danny. You know Fine, sometimes you know what Pete's always inviting you up to go to do these trips with them every summer, and I'll be gone for a month, June, July. A month. You can fly out. Can't pull that off. Fly out. <laughs> Meet us up there. I mean, he's not married. Yeah, Danny, no. do it, man. Out of school. Oh. <laughs> Spring break or some summer break, right? Come on, Danny. You can do it. It's not such a thing. I know school's important, but bicycling is more Jordan important. <laughs> Bikes are more important. That's right. School's right. not so important. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of NGFE Radio. Yeah, it was fun. I actually learned a lot. I, I'm pretty stoked on this one. But, uh, yeah, good times. I mean, I, I, I like to continue bringing guests onto the show. It just brings a good vibe and... Like P, I mean, you know, he's just nonstop talking about talking forever. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I'm but I mean, it's it's awesome, you know. But it's awesome to it's to, on, to hear the you know the stories and stuff, right? It's all Pete's And you know, you just get educated, and you know, maybe somebody listening to this podcast will get inspired and go do the BC bike race with Pete. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, it's nothing I know about, so it's cool to listen about it. You know, absolutely. So, Jordy, where can people uh, catch us on? Social media. The social medias on Facebook at NGFE Radio, uh, Instagram NGFE underscore radio, and uh, on uh, SoundCloud NGFE Radio. Give us a follow, like, Obviously, listen. if they're listening to this. Wow. They don't have to follow it to listen to us. They can just look it up. But, Thank you guys uh, for listening. Yeah, leave some comments. Uh, if you have any questions that you want us to talk about, we can riff on. Um, suggestions of what to do with the podcast, if everything's cool, if, if there's something that's not working for you. Um, More furry microphones. More furry microphones. That's a good <laughs> I'll work I'm on that. dream about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, and I do have I'll a list it. of a lot of people that are, well, that want to come onto the show. So I'm getting some good feedback. Um, I was out at Fontana on Sunday, and there's a lot of people out there that want to jump on the show. Yeah, so. like, they like the idea. You know, some exposure for those bigger guys too that have teams. They want to talk about their. We uh, got some big name people that want to be in the show. <laughs> For real. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I get it. I'm, I'm not saying Pete's down. not a big name, but I'm just saying, like... <laughs> or Dan. I was, like, 301 out of 600 people on, on the race. So you finished out of... What was your what was your finishing number? I was, like, 301 out of 600. The bottom half, apparently. But, yeah, the bottom half. I felt good with that. That's felt good. But you finished. You finished, you finished. I finished. And a lot of people didn't. My say, partner didn't. At there least were, there were plenty of other people that didn't uh, finish, whether they got sick or injured. I know two guys got flown out for injuries. Um, one guy I rode a car, I rode by. He was had a major head trauma. He was jacked, and that was the Vancouver day. That was on one of those downhills. That's pretty he was crazy. he was bad. He was in bad shape. Well, Pete, thanks again for uh, coming to the show and hosting it in your sweet RV. Yeah, let's leave on that note. Huh? Yeah, head trauma. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> but, uh, I'm yeah. sure you got a lot of stories of uh, being a fireman. So what? But uh, you're a fireman. Damn, <laughs> you are. I thought I was a gun dealer. Oh, well, that's another episode, man. We don't want to talk about that, <laughs> or do we? Want to plug in your dad's business or what? Another uh, plug. <laughs> I'm good. Just buy guns <laughs> and ammo. 
And ammo. Lots of it. Call Pete. But, uh, yeah, follow us on our uh, social media. Um, use our hashtag NGFE Radio and post some pictures if you want. Um, questions, comments, whatever you want to do. We'll try to get to you. But uh, thanks for listening, guys, to yep. another episode. Big Lou out. See you. Danny? Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs>